2: Hey everybody it's Dr. Rob Zamet on the Doggy pod. We're back. We are back.
0: yeah, thank you for joining us we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy hope you're enjoying the uh, the new series of the Doggy pod. And uh, still wondering about the doggy pod puppy. Yeah the doggy pod puppy is really close now, the conception part of the doggy pod do, puppy's do, 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 journey do. and uh, we'll be able to, able to tell you the breed of dog very soon. It's not far away. I think mum and dad, well they're not mum and Dad's yet, but uh, are sort of you know, courting. They've had a couple of dates, a couple of nice restaurants. I think they went to the movies once and I think it's getting very, very close to uh, your place or mine type thing. <laughs> but we'll keep you posted. But hey, before we get um, too far into this, I know one of the things that any um, dog owner always hears about and is probably concerned about is, is heartworm, mm. which is always an issue. With yep. dogs.
2: How bad can it get, eh? it, it
0: can get pretty bad. Mm. Uh, but I remember, you know, Rob's obviously been around. I Don't don't take this the wrong way, Rob. But, you know, been around <laughs> the block a few times and uh, <laughs> has seen some interesting heartworm um, scenarios in dogs. But you were telling me this one about uh, where you had to actually alligator clips or alligator forceps or something yeah, or other you're where, to actually yeah. pull a heartworm out back yep, in yep. the old days? Well, it was, it was back now, in the it? day. Well, yeah. this,
2: it, well, no. If you had a case like this, even, I mean, how did you know today, this dog had a heartworm at yeah, the time? Yeah, that was the problem. Um, this is before the current tests are available. were available. These days, the tests are similar to the tests that you do for COVID, you know, looking for various... Um, right, things in the bloodstream that tells you yes, there is heartworm there. So how, do, how would in you those test your days, dog now? In, well, just a drop of blood and you'd mix it with you know, various right. reagents and it comes up with a, a line on on the test just right. like it does for for COVID right. to say, okay. yes, this dog has heartworm. Before that test was invented, we had to look for little larvae in the blood from the heartworm. You know, the heartworm live in the heart and they lay larvae into the bloodstream called microfilaria. Mm-hmm. These things you put a drop of blood on the slide and look under a microscope and you're seeing this wriggling thing like a worm in the blood. You think, that's in my dog's blood.
0: So that's and actually the, the worm
2: larvae. That's the worm larvae in the blood. Ooh. And and see the mosquitoes pick up those larvae when they have a when they take a bit of blood from an infected dog. Mm-hmm. The larvae develop in the mosquito and the next stage is that the mosquito that's infected goes and has another meal of blood off another dog and spreads the larvae that way from dog to dog. Mm. So a dog can't directly give another dog heartworm. It's the mosquito that's important. Without Mm. mosquitoes, it doesn't work. That's why Mm. we see more heartworm closer to the tropics where there's more mosquitoes. How do
0: mosquitoes bite a dog with fur?
2: Oh, they do What's all I the know, time. They do all the time. And really? if you, you watch Labradors and German Shepherds, they're not looked after properly, and you see flies biting yeah. their ears. Same deal. Mosquitoes can do the same. Easier for a mosquito. Oh, okay. And they do it very effectively. And that's why in our country, in Australia, we see more heartworm in Queensland and the Northern Territory. Where it's and warmer. Where it's warmer, there's more mosquitoes. Right. And the other thing is, once it gets cold, the mosquito larvae die inside. Sorry, the um, heartworm larvae die inside the mosquito, so they can't spread right. as much. Right. So when you have a, a winter time in, say, Sydney or Melbourne, you're not going to get the spread of any mosquitoes, of any heartworm through the larvae. Mm. But this case came in, I'll never forget her. Her name was Kelly, belonged to, to Mr. and Mrs. Maitland. So we knew this mm. dog as Kelly what, Maitland. What sort of dog was Kelly? Real tough dog <laughs> Is that the breed? Is it tough um, dog? Our tough dog. It's an Australian blue healer or blue cattle oh, yeah. dog. Yeah. They are tough dogs. Oh. But Kelly was not so tough. Kelly you know came in, they, she couldn't even walk all the way in there to carry, oh. her. and I looked at her, and this is remember before the type of test we have now. Oh. we took a drop of blood. we could see no microfilaria in there in the blood. Yet she had all the symptoms of heartworm, hmm. and not just heartworm. She was end stage. Stephen, the whites of her eyes were yellow. She was jaundice. Hmm. The gums were yellow. Yeah, she was sick. Her tummy, instead of just being flat, was all blown bloated. up. Yeah. Bloated tummy. She's having trouble breathing. She was not far away from death. And, and, and okay. Poor. Well, and while I'm examining her, she gives me a lick. Yeah, she was just a beautiful soulless <laughs> dog. Just to say look after me. Would and you listening to her chest and the heart's not good and we took some x-rays and you could see what's called the, the pulmonary arteries. The pulmonary arteries are part of where the heartworm lives inside the pulmonary arteries and inside the right side of the heart. Hmm. That's where we see the heartworm. And they were very big. Her pulmonary arteries were dilated. That was a sign of heartworm. Even though there were no microfilaria, it's a Thing called, forget the name of it, but it's occult dirophyllarisis. You can forget that, don't worry about it. But it's basically heartworm without any larvae in the bloodstream. And she had heartworm as far as we are concerned, but we couldn't give a treatment for it because she was too close to death. The the treatment for heartworm is you have to give them a drug that kills the heartworm slowly. If you kill the heartworm fast, they form embolism in the lungs. Clots right. in the lungs, and that kills them too. So you got to Jeez. do it slowly. Um, plus, she was so sick; she wouldn't have been able to take the actual treatment. The treatment would have killed her. She couldn't mm. metabolize. Was she an her old way. dog? No, not, not an old dog at all. Okay. She's probably about five or four oh, or five right. at that stage, prime of her life. So there was only one thing I could think of to do. We laid Kelly on the surgery table. We couldn't not anesthetize her because the anaesthetic would kill her too. She was so sick. Mm. We shaved the right side of the neck and we exposed the jugular we put local anesthetic in the area and we're going to operate with local anesthetic I And mean, she was so sick she didn't mind mm. you know, mm. no dog really will lay there while you're cutting into it even with local yeah, in the yeah. neck area because it's a very vulnerable area so we cut the skin and we exposed the jugular But normally you would have knocked her out completely, but it was too risky. Well, couldn't even think about that. Yeah. And I would have preferred to have not not, not even performed the surgery we are about to tell you about. I would prefer to just give the chemical to treat the heart wound. Couldn't Mm. do it. Mm. So we isolated the the right jugular. We were able to clamp um, the jugular off, put a little nick in it, and we had these long forceps. I would say they were probably two or three feet long. Really long, and Jeez. at one end you've got the so hand- like nearly a nearly a meter long forceps. At oh. one end and thin, not yeah. not thick, thin enough that you could slide them down the jugular. Wow! And at one end you have the actual you know, handle that, you, uh, that opens and closes. At the very other end you have these little jaw-like things that open and close and shut, just like little jaws of an alligator and guess what they're called
0: uh crocodile forceps nearly alligator ah, forceps yes that's yeah. right
2: <laughs> so we have these alligator forceps. we made sure they were closed and we slid them down the jugular until we could slide them no more just gently we got right we're into the heart mm. came back a little bit opened them up a bit open the actual jaws Move forward again, grab something. We hope it's not the valve of the heart or Kelly is so, there. Well, so you couldn't see what you were doing at the other end. There's no fiber optics at this stage <laughs> of my right. life. And you know, we, all we did was an x ray. We could see we were roughly where to go. And we're on the top part of the heart. That's it. And we wow. had something and we pull, and it's sort of holding a bit too much and then boom, let go. I thought, oh, gosh, we've got something here. So out it comes. And would you believe we had a whole heap of worms wriggling around at the end of these forceps. And we put them in a pot, and down we go again. Oh. We did this, I guess, half a dozen times. and kept well, Back pulled, down into the heart? In- into the heart, blind, pulling out heartworm. Oh. Pulling out heartworm. And after that, so no more, we sewed up the jugular. The- How did you know when to, when to stop? Like- we, we had a few goes where we got nothing. Yeah, okay. And we thought, okay, that's going to do us. We've pulled out, and but we pulled out a lot of heartworm. It was like a plug of worms mm. sitting in the pulmonary artery—a plug of worms. So meanwhile, Kelly, the dog's lying there awake, wagging her tail. <coughs> she wagged the tail at me. It was like, "You know, thank you, thank you for helping," <laughs> or like she knew what we were doing. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, but trust. She, trust. She certainly wagged the tail. She was a very loving dog. This this hmm We then sewed up the jugular very carefully and let the clamps off and it didn't leak. We sewed the skin on on top of that and then the soft tissues first and then the skin and then put her on the drip and just gave her treatments for liver disease and uh, some diuretics to keep things Mm. flowing, make sure she's weeing okay, kidney function was okay or improving. And then we crossed everything. And just watched her through the night. The next day, this dog was so much better. And in no time at all, within just... Honestly, within a few days, she was back to eating. Uh, The jaundice was leaving her. And she was... We had her then ready to do the treatment for heartworm. In those days, it was intravenous arsenic. Wow. That's what we used. Four four injections of intravenous arsenic. arsenic. Yep. That would kill the worms. And... But then you also have to make sure she doesn't run around for a good month because you don't want the worms to be... If they die there, you don't want big pieces of worms going into the lungs and Mm. causing Mm. clots anywhere. So she had to be kept very quiet. And she was for the next month and she got so much better. Mm. So Mm. she was running around like crazy. Mm. And so a few months later, it was quite a few months later, the Maitlands came because they knew I was very attached to this dog. And Mm. they said, we have some really, really bad news. I thought, oh, gosh, what's happened? There's a a town in New South Wales called Maitland. Mm. They went to visit Maitland with Kelly. And she saw some kangaroos and chased after them. Right. And let so say they chased after Kelly. Yeah. They couldn't find her, and she disappeared into, into the bush. She got lost in the bush in oh. Kelly Mate. Can you believe that?
0: Which is how far from their their, their home? Well, they lived down
2: here. So down two there, hours yeah. away. Oh, yeah, two two and a half, two and a half hours, hours away. Drive yeah. uh, driving. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. in a country road. She was gone. They came back here without Kelly. Oh. She was lost. Here's the kicker. You're not going to believe this either. It was about, I don't know, I think a month later. I'm in my office in the clinic. I look out and think, no, Kelly Maitland turned up. She mm. turned up here.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Giggy Palmer.
2: Yeah, yeah. She came to say hi on her own. She made her way. She wasn't sure her, maybe where to go home. But when I out is that you? And it was. It was her. She jumped all over me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, when I rang the people and I told them, they were in tears. They were so happy. They couldn't well, I believe bet it. they were. How Killed long after
0: the fact was this, it was, it was
2: probably a month to six weeks later that she just turned up here. And like she remembered, I remember this place. They helped me last time. Can you help me get the rest How of the way home? How on earth would a dog do that? Exactly, exactly. They'll tell you all sorts of things about the moon and the, uh, the positive and negative poles of the mm. earth, and so many. No one really knows how they do it. But Kelly Maitland came two and a half drive hour <laughs> northwest from here, mm. miles away, and, and lots of freeways and things that she had to cross over and yeah, to, yeah. to make her way here back to Vineyard Veterinary Hospital to say, Hi, Dr. Robin, back. And, oh, oh, boy, they made sure they never let her go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, she was a a beautiful, beautiful dog. Kelly Maitland, never forget your darling.
0: All right, if there's one thing that uh, the last couple of years have taught us is that uh, we all know a lot more about vaccinations and the importance of vaccinations. And, of course, dogs get vaccinated all the time. It's kind of normal in, in the canine world. But, yeah, uh, vaccinations, super important, obviously. Um, but, Rob, you wanted to just say something about dog
2: vaccinations as mm,
0: well. Uh, yeah, look,
2: only it was only a few days ago I was giving lecture to dog people yeah. And one lady said, oh, I see your area of research is DNA and a mm. few other things. Have you ever um, looked at research for re- other things? Yeah, I have. And she said, have you looked at over-vaccinations and that causes cancer and this and that? And the In other? dogs? Yes. Yes. And I said, yeah, well, the jury's out. There's no real definite proof that over-vaccination really does cause cancer. Living causes cancer. <laughs> you know, with grace of respect, you know, over-vaccination is not a carcinogen. It really isn't like Mm. smoking and and the chemicals that we've used on dogs. But what would be over-vaccination? What do you mean? Oh, doing it every year. A lot of people don't believe you should do it every year. Oh, Um, okay. And if you don't, that's fine. I don't mind that. But make sure you do blood tests to make sure your dog is covered. And I'll tell you why. It was Mm -hmm. the year I graduated. So yeah. this is, what, 1857, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. last century. Um, when we were at university, we were told, never, ever look for new diseases. You know, you're not going to find them. New diseases are very rare. Make sure you look at all the common things first. Right, okay. And uh, that's fine. I had a dog that was born in 1967, 19th of August. Just a gorgeous puppy. He was bought by my brother and came home. My brother said, "Oh, can you look after him? I've got to go out." My brother was a young teenager or an older teenager, mm. I guess, and I was still living at home. And uh, I think I just, yeah, wasn't driving, so I was always mm. home. And I fed this puppy, and he slept under my bed, which was fine because it was like a little den, so he was happy. Mm. As he got older and more confident, he slept on my bed. And this dog saw me through so many traumas and, so, and in fact it was because of him I became a veterinarian. And mm. I was in year 10 when I was extremely traumatised. I'm not going to go into it. If you want to read about it you can in my book but um, it was really tough for me that year and it was my dog that saw me through. Mm. Mm. And this was Strauss. Yeah, oh, yes Strauss. My German, German shepherd. shepherd. You heard yes, me talk yes, about yes, it. Yes. And it was because of him I eventually became a veterinarian. Mm. And love my science and love what I do. So I looked after him as part of my life. But in 1978, it was the year I'd graduated, um, I I felt so bad as a vet because of all these dogs that were dying and I couldn't seem to stop it. And I rang another vet and he said, oh, that's just the normal gastroenteritis that we see. And I thought, oh, I'm a failure. They're all saving these dogs and I'm not. Mm, mm. And there was... A client who had unusual things, like she would get castor and rice in her puppies. The ones that we got through, when they got to about nine to, to, to ten months old, they'd like seizure and die. And we were doing post mortems on those, and I was sending those samples to the university. And then they were saying it's really weird the, the, muscle, the heart muscle doesn't develop, props like scarring or mm. white muscle disease, which are lack of vitamin E. So he put these puppies on vitamin E made no difference. These were still dying. It was only the pups that had the diarrhoea. And then Strauss got it, whatever this was. Mm. And I didn't know if it was the same disease that these pups and everybody else was getting or not. When he was um, laying there, he, he was so lethargic he couldn't get up, he was passing blood out of his backside. It was so bad. Mm. It was just blood coming in, blood coming out of his mouth. And I had to do the hardest thing. Mm. I had to put my dog down. Mm. The dog had seen me through all my traumas and I became a vet because of him. And I had to put him to sleep. And so there's there was nothing you could I, do? I tried everything. He was on fluids and antibiotics and nothing was working. Nothing was working. And the dog was suffering. Hmm. And he was going hmm. to die. He was dying, albeit hmm. slowly. He was certainly dying. We did that. Was he in pain? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, I took some of his his intestine and sent it to university. Lo and behold, they told me what it was. It was a new disease. Now, we were told <laughs> not to look for a new disease. All right. It was a new disease, and it was similar to a cat disease called parvovirus. Oh, yeah. yeah and to us, it's all routine now.
0: Oh, so, up to that, around that time, had never but, been heard of in oh, dogs, never right. been seen in dogs. Because, of course, you
2: hear about parvovirus
0: all, all the, the time, time now. Yeah. And so,
2: in 1978, that was the first step to creating a vaccine for parvovirus vaccination. The problem was, and there was some good work being done right up in northern Queensland at uh, Cook University, and they developed a vaccine that worked very well. But uh, they gave the technology to another company, and unfortunately, there, there was some hiccup along the curve because one of the vaccines that came out one of the brands, you'd give them a the vaccine a few days later, the puppies had Parva. Right. So there was a problem with vaccinations. Okay. So yeah I, I agree that not all medications, not all vaccinations are going to be positive at first. There's problems in developing some of these. So what a lot of people did they just stopped vaccinating. Hmm. And this was interesting Stephen. Um, I'm talking a few years later, probably about four or five years later, uh, they had problems with the vaccine again, and people stopped vaccinating. They just, no vaccinations at all, right. not for distemper or whatever. So vets stopped vaccinating? No, not vets. People with People dogs. just didn't want to go there. They wouldn't take the risk. And there was a famous, hmm. I can't remember his name, a famous greyhound at the time, it was racing around, doing really well, winning races, going to be a champion. Hmm. Went downhill really fast, and guess what he had? Yeah. No, not parvo. <laughs> no. Distemper. Right. Not Because, because he hadn't been vaccinated. No vaccinations. Mm. And there was break breakouts of distemper right through the country because people were not vaccinating. Mm. Mm. So does over-vaccination cause cancer? Not in my book. I don't think it does. If you are worried about that, then get T to test done. But don't leave your dog unprotected, is what I'm trying to say to you. Yeah. Yeah, if your dog... If you don't want to vaccinate because you're worried about causing illness in the immune system and causing cancer or whatever, get the blood test done for distemper and for parvo at least. Of course, at the moment, um, in some areas, in some countries, there have been more rodents, would you believe, and more rats and mice. Why am I mentioning those? We don't vaccinate them, but no, they carry a bacterial disease called leptospirosis. Mm. It's a bacteria that attacks kidneys of animals, dogs and humans and there have been a lot of cases of dogs with it because dogs, what do they do? They go and sniff and lick things. Hmm. The bacteria is carried in the rodent's urine, so when the rodent comes through your backyard or whatever and urinates there and then moves on, dog comes along, has a sniff, hmm, what's that? And they lick it, Mm -hmm. and they pick up this bacteria, but you can vaccinate for it. So all my dogs are vaccinated for... Not just distemper and hepatitis, but also for leptospirosis and a few other things as well.
0: See, the thing is, I think we all think our dogs are super durable.
2: Yeah. You know, because yeah. they,
0: they live outside. They're always out sniffing and licking things. And I think, well, I certainly used to think, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty durable. They're fine. They're, they're They'll be, they can fun. live under the house. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're yeah. not. They're, they're, they're just, an,
2: we are an animal. We forget we're an animal. And, Yeah, we want warmth in winter. We want coolness in summer. We want to protection against diseases. and the right medicines. And, yeah. yeah, exactly protection. Same for our it. dogs. There's yeah. no reason why you shouldn't vaccinate your dog and keep your vaccinations up to date, or at least if you don't do your vaccinations, that's fine. Get the teaser test done. Either way, get your dogs checked annually. We go for our annual health checks. So should our dogs.
0: Okay, thank you very much for listening uh, to the Doggy Pod. Um, before we go, yeah. Rob, what's happening? Well, what's I've taken some
2: photos of Mum and Dad. Yes, you've seen it, folks. Has it happened? It has happened. You, you know may, what it is. You, you may it's know. A-
0: hang on, but before we even get to that, for those who are maybe just joining us, that mm. we are having, or we are going to adopt a Doggy Pod puppy. Uh, when that puppy's born in, in about nine weeks time. Right. But as of just just recently they've mated. F- yes. mate mum and dad have uh, yeah. uh have you know done what doggies like to do. And <laughs> and Rob was there and uh, Make sure went not in a well. creepy way. No, not no. in a creepy yeah. way, in a, in a vet's making sure things went well. But now we can reveal <laughs> for the first time and you probably would have seen it on instagram and facebook some photos but um so what is uh, the breed of dog that will be the doggy pod puppy in nine
2: weeks time we've often referred to it as the swiss army knife of dogs uh, the german shepherd because we're going to do a lot of things with this pup uh, in the future we're going to go into all sorts of disciplines and hopefully you'll follow us through uh, this puppy's life when it comes here and then later on, we go out to dog training and uh, different disciplines. And you'll
0: get to name it. One lucky doggy pod listener yes. will get to name. Once
2: it's born, you can start seeing it. And we'll. Hey, what's the difference
0: between a German Shepherd and an
2: Alsatian? Yes. Anything? None. <laughs> <laughs> World War Two, actually. World War Two, oh, really? Yes. In World War Two, um, you know, things German were not appreciated in England, and since oh. they came from some of the dogs in Alsace-Lorraine. They called them Alsatians. Lorraine. They didn't want to call German anything. A lot of people say, oh, it's the light coloured and this colour. <laughs> no, yeah, right. They are the same breed. It's, it's... Alsatian is a very old name that uh, isn't used anywhere in the world now. So in it rural. really was a matter of don't mention the war. That's <laughs> exactly right. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of The Doggy Pod.
2: Bye, folks.